welcome to a special episode of Tea, Toast, and Trivia. I am your host, Rebecca Budd, and I'm looking forward to sharing this moment with you. Tonight, January 25th, Burns Suppers are celebrating Robert Burns, affectionately known as Robbie Burns, the great Scottish poet and lyricist. Robert Burns has been given the honor titles of National Bard, Bard of Ayrshire, and the Plowman Poet. He penned in the language of the Scots, even though much of his writing is in light Scots dialect and in English. Burns suppers have been a long-standing tradition in Scotland and beyond, dating back over 200 years. It all started a few years after the death of Robert Burns in 1796. The first Burns Club was established in 1801 by a group of Ayrshire-born merchants, some of whom had personally known Robert Burns. A supper was held in memoriam at Burns Cottage in Alloway on July 21, 1801. The first Burns Supper was held on January 29, 1802, which was thought to be Robert Burns' birthday. Well, in the meantime, someone did some research in the Ira Parish and found in the records that the authentic date of Robert Burns' birth was actually the 25th. Everything was corrected by the next Burns Supper held in 1803. So we must give a nod to the anonymous researcher who set history on the right trajectory. Robert Burns lived and died during the golden era of the British Empire. Through immigration and trade, Scots were making their presence felt in all corners of the world. They brought their love of Robert Burns with them wherever they went. According to the Canadian Encyclopedia, the Scots have immigrated to Canada in steady and substantial numbers for over 200 years, with a connection between Scotland and Canada stretching farther to the 17th century. Scots have been involved in Canada in every aspect of our development as explorers, educators, businessmen, politicians, writers, and artists. Tonight, if you're uncertain how to celebrate, there are many articles that provide generous tips on how to hold a burn supper in your home, including what to eat. The usual fare includes tatties, neeps, which are also known as mashed potatoes, turnips, or rutabagas. However, the highlight of the meal is the haggis, which is customarily carried into the room on a silver platter with a bagpipe playing the rousing tune. A man's a man for all of that. A burnt supper is never complete until you have heard the traditional Addressed to a Haggis, a beloved poem written by Robert Burns, extolling the virtues of this savory pudding. For those of you who have not tried haggis, please do. You may be surprised by how much you enjoy the trenching your gushing entrails bright. And never fear, there is vegetarian haggis so all can join in on the merriment. For those who have never heard the address to a haggis, I have asked Thomas, my son, to recite those famous words. Truthfully, I confess, 
I am unable to pronounce the words, so I will leave that honor to Thomas. Fair far your honest sonsy face, great chieftain o' the puddin' race, aboon them all you tack your place, pinch, trape, or therm. Weel, I award thee of a grace as langs my arm. The groanin' trencher, there you fell, your heart is like a distant hell, your ben would help to mend the mill. In time o need, while through your pores your dews distill, like amber bead. His knife, see rustic labour decked, and cut you up, we ready slecked, trenching your gushing entrails brecked like ony ditch. And then, oh, what a glorious sect, warm, reeking, wretch. Then horn for horn they stretch and strive, They'll take the hindmost on they drive, To all their wheel-swalled kites belive, Are bent like drums. Then old gade man mace like to arrive, Bethanked hums. Is there that tower this French ragu, Or Olio that would star sue, Or fricasseed what mark her spew, We perfect scorner? Looks doon we, sneering, scorn for view at Secadena. Pierdil, see him out his trash, As feckless as a weathered rash, His spindled shank a gade whiplash, his neve a net, through bloody flood or field to dash, oh, how unfed! But mark, the rustic haggis fed, the trembling earth resounds his thread, clapped in his wally neve a blade, he'll mark at whistle, and lings and arms and heensel snid, like taps a trissle. Your powers would make mankind your care, And dish the moot their bill of fare. Old Scotland once nay skinkin' wares That jobs and loggies. But if you wish a grateful prayer, Gear a haggis! Now what is a haggis, you may ask? That is an excellent question. Haggis is a humble food that used up every bit of the animal. The heart, liver, lungs, kidneys, intestines, fat, and stomach. The Scots recognized no waste cooking long before it became a fashionable expression. There are some, however, that believe there is more to the haggis story and the answer may be found in the Glasgow Calvin Grove Art Gallery and Museum. Yes, a wild haggis specimen, Haggis scoticus, is displayed in a hushed and darkened area of Calvin Grove Gallery. According to Scottish folklore, Haggis scoticus, or wild haggis, is said to be a native of the Scottish Highlands. They are extremely rare, I am told. 
They can be identified by the different lengths of their left and right legs, which gives them the capability to run with great speed around the steep mountains and hillsides of the misty Scottish Highlands. And some believe that there are two varieties, one with longer right legs and the other with longer left legs. It is easy to recognize the difference when they are in motion. Now, whether you believe in the wild haggis folklore that has come down through the generations, you might think that there is a strand of truth in this narrative. So I will let you decide for yourself. I would like to think that Robert Burns would like this story. The Scotsman newspaper, which has been around since 1817, stated that Robert Burns holds the third position on the number of non-religious statues after Queen Victoria and Christopher Columbus. And the Guinness World Records places Odd Lang Syne as holding the third place on the most popular song in the world. How did a man of humble birth who was homeschooled, become a household word and an inspiration to the founders of both liberalism and socialism. Perhaps it was his understanding of and compassion for the human spirit. His poetry is direct, spontaneous, sincere. His themes are as haunting as they are radical. He spoke of class inequities, patriotism, poverty, and cultural identity. These issues we still struggle with over 250 years after his birth. Life does bring about an ending, but words cannot be contained. They live on and stoke fires in the hearts and minds of those that follow. When we read William Wordsworth, Samuel Taylor Coleridge, and Percy Bysshe Shelley, we are reading words that hold the influence of Robert Burns. The title of John Steinbeck's Of Mice and Men took inspiration from Robert Burns' poem To a Mouse. And it is said that Abraham Lincoln knew all of Robert Burns' poems by heart. Maya Angelou, read Robert Burns as a child with Scottish accent. Muhammad Ali visited the Burns Museum as a tribute to Robert Burns' opposition of slavery. And when we listen to Bob Dylan, it is good to know that Robert Burns was his greatest inspiration. Whenever I join in the chorus of Auld Lang Syne, I feel a debt of gratitude to Robert Burns, who penned the poem in 1788. In a letter to Scott's Musical Museum, he indicated Auld Lang Syne was an ancient song that had never been put to paper. Auld Lang Syne, or Days Gone By, is a reminder to us to celebrate and remember times past even as we look forward to a new day. We are not alone, but share our time with others. Whatever life has in store, friendship will see us through 
even the most difficult of times. Camaraderie, compassion, and hope come together when he writes, And there's a hand, my trusty fair. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and odd lang syne? Until next time we meet, dear friends, be safe and be well.